0: But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome back to The Burt Not Ernie Show. This is episode 50. So this marks the 50th time that we have taken a look at God's promises, been challenged to live in a state of belief, true belief, examined our hearts to see, you know, to kind of ensure that we know who our God is, and also to know who we are as his dearly loved children, and of course, stamped out the enemy's lies, just stomped them down and crushed them into the dust where they belong, that, um, you know, those lies so often hold us captive to unbelief to disbelief, to wrong beliefs. And so here we are, episode 50, the big five zero, marking 50 times that we have stood up against the lies of the devil and chosen instead to really lean in and believe God's promises for us. Okay. um, I kind of like this number 50. And, you know, let's shoot for 50 more episodes in 2021, right? I mean, why not, right? Why not? Also, what was up with the sound on episode 49. I really hope that episode 50 is better. I don't know what was going on there. It's like as I was recording it, Audacity had the sound super loud, like blaring, blaring, even on the playback. And then when I spliced it with the intro, it was oddly quiet. So strange, so strange. Anyway, I'm kind of annoying, but I'm hopeful the sound will be much improved for this week's show. Okay, if you have listened to the podcast for a while, then you've likely heard me mention Psalm 37. It's just tremendous. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's a good psalm to read regularly, like often. And when you're in dark times, maybe you're in a hard life season, reading it daily is a really good plan. A really good plan. Keep your Bible open on a counter or the tabletop, your desk. Um, keep your phone, maybe have a, a tab open to Psalm 37 and read a few verses each time you walk by or you know, when you get ready to, I don't know, take a break at work and you're going to before you check your social media, maybe just read a few verses of th- of Psalm 37. Um, my son-in-law and daughter recently spent some time reading through this Psalm one morning and I'm telling you, you could ask them. They'll tell you it is an excellent way to counter whatever stress you're dealing with in your life. So um, don't believe me? Well, I double dog dare you to go ahead and give it a shot. Psalm 37. I have referenced this psalm so many times regarding my own personal health, like specifically my heart. And I'm always so blessed, so comforted and encouraged by the words penned in Psalm 37. If you need like a hefty dose of renewed strength, then you came to the right place, buddy boy. I'm quoting Holes there, right? And for any new listeners, I'm a quoter. It's a family thing. We quote a lot. So fair warning, I am going to quote books and movies on the regular. Let's take a look at verse 3 and four. Those two verses from Psalm 37. And then I'm going to, I'm going to look at some other verses, seven and eight from the same Psalm. Uh, Today, I'm going to switch things up a little bit, though, and I'm going to reference the New Living Translation. Can you even believe it? I'm like breaking from the norm, I am. Psalm 37, three and four, New Living Translation. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Okay, this is for sure a passage that we've talked about before. And I wrote on these verses in one of my daily devotions in my book, The Power of God's Will, which is a 40-day devotional about God's promises. Um, You can find that on Amazon if you're interested. It's a big deal, this passage. Anything that holds a large amount of promise and hope is worth reading often. You know what I mean? Let's add a couple more verses from Psalm 37. Like I said, I'm going to mention seven and eight, as well as three and four. Um, The first part of verse seven, part A says this, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Yeah, that's um, kind of ouch sometimes like, what? Uh, Be still and wait patiently? What? And verse eight is super frank, very direct, it's it might even be seen as a little bit blunt. It tells us in like no uncertain terms, no wiggle room here, stop being angry. Exclamation point. Turn from your rage. Exclamation point. Do not lose your temper, it only leads to harm. Okay. So, we've got sort of like a progression here. And this has to do with our emotions. It also has to do with our thinking. The Holy Spirit desires to guide us, to direct us, to enable us to have a healthy manner of thinking. Listen, I want to remind you that where your thoughts go, that's where your emotions go. Where your thoughts go, your emotions just follow shortly thereafter. And if your thinking and your emotions are going the same direction over and over and over again, that's the direction that your health is going to go, and that's the direction that your life is going to go, okay? So what comes What comes next? Well, the way of your thinking and the way of your emotions, which are sort of the governor of whether or not you react or respond to the stuff of life, and I'm going to just, I'll run through this stuff again real quick because it's a lot of, of info I'm giving you in like two minutes, um, the state of your health, your physical, emotional, spiritual, and relational health, that all works together to determine the direction of your life, Okay. So um, the Holy Spirit wants to guide us, to direct us, to enable us to have a healthier manner of thinking. He really, truly does. If you don't know that about the Holy Spirit, do a deep dive into um, the New Testament. Uh, It's kind of all over the place. Galatians, Ephesians. I'm sure there are big hunks of Matthew where you can take from what Jesus was saying and drive that he really wants us to be healthy in our thinking. Uh, Listen, okay. Okay. You know what, I'm going to just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it all again in order. And I hope you really hear, if you need to hear this, if this is for you, may the Lord help you to really fully hear and receive what he wants to say to you. Okay. The Holy Spirit wants to guide you and direct you and give you a healthy way of thinking where your thoughts go, your emotions also go. And if your thinking and your emotions are going the same direction again and again and again, that's where your health is going to go if you're struggling with some health issues, um, maybe pray about this. And I'm talking about like stress related type of things. You know, we can have back pain, we can have um, stomach problems, we can have chronic headaches, we can have like that tightness in our shoulders and neck. There's a lot of stress related health issues that it's just because it's not like, I don't know, like a cancer diagnosis or something. It's still your health, right? So don't ever shove it aside and say well it's not that big a deal because it's not like a fatal diagnosis it's not like you know i fell off a horse i hit my head and now i went blind or something it's it's still ridiculously important and i say ridiculously because sometimes we marginalize things Um, that are so important to the Lord. He doesn't look at any of his children and say, this one, I really care about their health problems, but this one, it's just stress-related, and so I don't care, or I care less, you know, and not like I could care less, like he cares less than he cares about somebody else. No, he cares about all of his children. He loves us all fiercely, and, um, He equally, you know, his love can't be given more to one child than to another. So I want you to recognize that your health may be going the direction of your thinking and your emotions. Um, And then the way your thinking goes, the way your emotions go, um, the state of your health, your physical, emotional, and relational health. Those are all things that are involved in your health. Yes, your physical health, but your emotional health. How are you doing emotionally? How are you feeling emotionally, relationally? How are your relationships? Are they healthy? Are you just trying to keep it together? Are you, um, do you only deal on a surface level? Because if you do a deep dive, you're not really sure what all might come out, like a volcanic eruption might come out. How are your relationships, spiritual, emotional health, physical health, all of your health? How's your spiritual health? How are you doing in your prayer time? Are you being real and raw and honest with the Lord? Are you being blessed and healed and delivered? Are you comforted and loved or is it a checklist and you kind of have got at arm's length because maybe you're not fully healthy there in a way that uh, maybe you haven't thought about it in a while, but this is a great time to think about it. Today is the day, right? If, if Paul said today is the day of salvation, today is also the day to lean in and listen to what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. There are places in your life he wants to shine his light. There are places in your life where he wants to bring more healing, more blessing, more of his grace and love to just be poured out on you. Be willing to hear him as he tells you what those places are, and then just walk it out with him. Um, Remember those Leslie Sandstone videos? Walk it out. Just walk it out. The exercise videos, the walk in place videos, some of you are going to remember, but walk it out. Sometimes that's what the kind of the, the way that it comes to my mind um walk it out walk it out with the holy spirit because it's in, it's important it should be a little bit intense because this is the most important uh puzzle piece in my life there is no there is no puzzle to complete without Jesus and so I want to walk it out with him what he wants me to walk out with him as my number one priority okay so remember your thinking can be the governor of how you how life goes for you whether you react or respond so we do want to dial in and let the Holy Spirit have access and then control over our thoughts, over the way we think, and over our emotions so that we don't just react, but respond, respond. It's so much healthier to respond. It's so much more God-honoring to respond than to react. Okay, so your life is your life. Your life is your life. It's actually not broken up into different segments exactly. All of it bleeds and blends together. You cannot be a workaholic and live under huge amounts of work stressors day in and day out, day in and day out, and think it's never going to impact your health. It's never going to impact your family. It's never going to impact your relationships. It's never going to affect your peace of mind. Of course it has an impact. Of course it does. Your thinking matters so much. What you think on What you believe in many ways is going to dictate how you live. Jesus wants you to live this life to the full, to live your life walking fully in the freedom that he procured and secured for you. And the Holy Spirit is always, always willing to help you think on the things that you need to think about. Always remember that the Holy Spirit is always willing to help you think on the things that you need to be thinking about but we need to be in agreement with him. We've got to be in agreement with the Lord. We need to be willing to think about the best things. It's work. This is a choice to lay down old, long ingrained habitual patterns of thinking, but it's good work. This is worthy work. Don't run from this work. It's work that has the potential to change almost everything for us. So that's pretty good work. That's a great investment of your time. It's going to have a good payoff. It'll yield high dividends. Okay, first decide today that you will trust the Lord and that you will do good. Okay, these are from our verses in uh, Psalm 37, 3 and 4. Decide you're going to trust the Lord and that you will do good. You can do good. You can do the hard right things because you trust in the Lord. You're not out there on your own doing good, but having to worry about backlash and all that kind of stuff. No, just do good freely because you trust in the Lord completely. And trust him with the backlash that sometimes comes with, um, you know, doing the right thing. I have a friend who um today shared... Uh, just a post about abortion on Instagram. And she said, it's so hard for me because I get so much backlash um, from her uh, her community and just the way um, her upbringing. And, you know, sometimes when you get saved out of stuff, you still have connections and friendships with people and you care about people who don't, uh, they still think the way you thought before Jesus stepped in on the scene. And she said, it's just, it was hard for her to do, to share this post, but she knew that the Lord wanted her to be willing to speak out on behalf of the unborn um, and all of the things that come with abortion. And there's a lot. If you don't know much about it, you should do some research. Um, it's definitely not a human being's job to change anybody's mind. Only the Holy Spirit can really do that. But I know when I came to Christ, my thinking on so many things totally did a 180. And I mean, instantly, I'm not talking about it took years. I'm talking about, I thought differently differently you know, I said, uh, a prayer to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior and forgive me of all of my sins. And there were a lot and finished praying and definitely stepped into new life. My thinking changed. It did a complete 180. It was the craziest thing. It just floored people who had known me my whole life. Um, I was young, I was in my early twenties, but who had known me my whole life. I was a rough teenager and I was stubborn and strong-willed and my beliefs were my beliefs and I wasn't budging. So, um, It testifies to the power of the Lord how much he can change a life, and I'm sure he did the same for you in many ways, but she just shared about how that backlash was what made her so nervous, but then she realized she had to trust the Lord in it completely and share this post that he was calling her to share. You can do the same thing. It doesn't mean it's, uh, the difference is it's not like you're not navigating the backlash on your own. Um, you are just holding his, Jesus's hand as you walk through whatever might come when you obey him. And you, we know that obedience always brings blessings. And so if there's a hard thing he's calling you to do, a conversation to have, um, you know, if it's the first time you're going to post a Bible verse on social media and that feels hard and it can feel hard the first time, just hold his hand and trust him and know that obedience brings blessing because he loves you so much and he loves it when we obey him. Uh, Jesus made it pretty clear, didn't he? He said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And so um, that's just a good clarion call for us all right now at January 2021, the beginning of this year to just live as if we actually love him and to show that we love him by our obedience to him. okay so take your delight in him. He's a good God to you and a good God to me. We can, we should be able to delight in him and then he will give you the desires of your heart. And then see, it's not just I want what I want. Give me my desires. There are some other things like taking delight in him. We should take delight in him. Will. The word will is in verse four. Does God forget to do that which he has promised to do? Has God ever even once forgotten to do the things that he has promised to do? When God's word gives us promises, when it says he will Is it even possible, even remotely a possibility, for him to not get that exact thing across the finish line? Will always, always means will. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Verse 7 of Psalm 37 says, Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. This is a good word for those of us in long, long situations. It might be work, health, finances, family lockdowns and quarantines, aging parents, little little toddlers running around who seem like they'll never sleep through the night. Spoiler alert, they will. Oh, believe me, you, teenagers, they know how to sleep. So one day those kids will sleep. This is encouragement for us in a whole slew of circumstances that life brings our way. What has been dropped on your doorstep lately? What do you feel like is just boom? I opened the front door of my life and there's this big mess, you know, Oh, it's all tangled up, mangled up, it's a mess been dropped on my doorstop. Hey, uh, doorstop, doorstep. If it's on your doorstop, it's a pro. It's a small problem. If it's on your doorstep, it might be bigger. Man, I, you know, I'm so glad the Lord told me before I even started podcasting or doing conference speaking, not to be fake, but to be very, very real. It's not a contest. It's just life, and my realness is um. I mix up my words. I'd like to be able to say it's my heart medication. I'm not totally sure. It might just be my thoughts get ahead of my tongue sometimes. So uh, your doorstep, your doorstep. And let that encourage you to just step out and do the thing that the Lord is calling you to do, even if you're not going to do it perfectly. I I fumble around so much on this podcast. So, um, And if the only reason that I fumble around so much, if the only reason I have the podcast is so somebody will say, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, mistakes and all, because obeying the Lord is more important. Being And being real, I think, is so refreshing. I'm not saying my mistakes are refreshing when I mix up words and things. I'm saying it's refreshing for me when I see people living a real life, not a Pinterest perfect life that I know I can never achieve. The realness is very comforting to me, and I love it, and I see God glorified so much more in that realness than I do in, um, I can't post until everything's perfect, if that makes sense. Okay. So if I'm totally honest, I have to admit that I like to get things fixed and tidied and cleaned up and straightened out. Like right now, that's my preferred timeline now, N-O-W. But that's so silly of me. Not all things can be dealt with and sealed up neatly, totally taken care of right now. So yeah, maybe I can accept that, But maybe I can have a really good idea of how long the process is going to take, right? Yeah, okay, okay, I know, I get it. It's not everything gets tidied up now. This isn't a sitcom. Everything's not taken care of in 27 minutes of airtime. I get that. But can I have some idea, Lord, of how long the process will take? And what's it going to look like along the way? Then, then I can be still in the Lord's presence. Then I will be able to wait patiently for him to act. Anybody else? Tell me. Tell me I'm not the only one who wants the stuff of life to be fixed, like right now, in this manner. If it can't be fixed today, okay, then just show me how it's going to be fixed and give me an idea of how long it's going to take. And yeah, then I'm good. Then I can be plenty patient. I can be patient all day long. I read these words from my Bible. And then I look at my own attitude, my own heart, and I'm not very good at being still in his presence. When I'm pondering those things that I really want to be fixed up and made pretty... Like quickly. I'm not very good at waiting patiently for him to act, but I can change my thinking by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. I can choose to be still in his presence, to just enjoy being with the Lord and not spend my time consumed with worry, any of my time, but especially not the time I have set apart and dedicated to just be with the Lord, to just be with the one who loves me most and who loves me best. And as I choose to be still and just sit with him, for who he is, and not for all the ways that he can do the miraculous and deliver me from all my issues, and they are many, and to show up in my junk, and I got a lot of junk, to be my fixer rather than my Lord. You know what? It gets much easier to wait on him patiently, knowing that of course I'm going to see him act. Of course I will. He said that's what would take place, and it will. He hasn't abdicated not one single ounce of his authority or his sovereignty, his perfect ability to rule all things in the entire universe at all times with absolute perfection. But how much sweeter is that time when I just enjoy the one who loves me most and loves me best? Rest in him. Trust his good promises to you, and they are for you and they are good. Be still, be patient and live really truly live your one and only life really truly live your one and only life don't worry your life away don't wish your life away um don't let your not so great thoughts turn your emotions this way and that way hither and yon until you don't have any peace any longer no don't do that live your life and don't work your life don't work your life either some of us run from being still in his presence and waiting patiently on him trusting him fully we run from all that by working and working and working some more. You are to live your life, not to work your life. I think you know what I'm getting at there. Um, if you have workaholic tendencies, if you are the typical pull yourself up by your bootstraps kind of American, even though maybe as Christians, we don't want to be, we kind of can be, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Are you living your life or are you working your life? That's kind of my question for you today. Are you living it or working it? Are you living or controlling Are you doing constant damage control? God does not need you to run interference for him. That's a newsflash for some people. God does not need you to run interference for him. He's got it. He's got it. What is it that you need to apply this to today? Whatever it might be, God has it. He's got it. Verse eight. Well, there are actually exclamation points used here, as I mentioned earlier. So I think we need to take these words seriously. God is speaking to us. That's why the exclamation points are there. But are we willing to really listen to hear him? Stop being angry! Exclamation point. Turn from your rage! Exclamation point. I don't really need to expound on those statements, right? I mean, are you angry? Stop it," says the Lord. Are you dealing with rage? Turn from it," says the Lord. And then the last part of verse 8 says, do not lose your temper, it only leads to harm. And remember, this is the New Living Translation. Um, Other translations might say, do not fret, it only leads to evil. Also very true. But in this case, we're just looking at do not lose your temper, it only leads to harm. Fret, we can determine as worrying. Lose your temper, uh, we know when we're losing our temper. We can excuse away that fretting and worrying because it's internal and other people don't see it. When you lose your temper, people see it and it leads to harm. You're fretting, it only leads to evil. That's super important to know. You're, when you lose your temper, it only leads to harm, nothing else. Proverbs tells us that a man who cannot control his temper is like an unwalled city. Look, we don't have walls around our cities these days, but you know we have gated communities. We have fences around um, our swimming pools. We have um, You know, all kinds of areas where things are kind of blocked off and protected. We fence our backyards, right? We close our garage doors at night for a reason. Um, So say you go to the airport and you're going to try to catch a flight to sunny Orlando. I like Orlando. It's warm there. They have Giordano's in Orlando. I don't have to be in Chicago freezing in order to get my favorite pizza. So I'm saying, imagine you're catching a flight to sunny Orlando. You know, you cannot bypass the security measures at the airport. Well, when you lose your temper and you don't pray, ask the Holy Spirit to help you to control your temper. Okay? And if you think that's weird, well, it's not weird because self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. So it should be natural for us to pray about things like this and ask the Spirit of the Lord to help us and then expect that, yeah, He actually will help us. So you don't have to just keep letting yourself lose your temper. It really does only lead to harm. Trust that God has your best in mind, his glory and his honor, also in mind, and the well-being of other people in mind. When he leads you to things like this in his word, when he speaks to you from his word, trust that it's about your best, the well-being of others, and his glory and his honor, because it always is all three of those things all at the same time. Okay, maybe this is a bit long today. Um, actually, I'm doing better than I thought I was. Praise the Lord. Okay, so but I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up. Um, thank you for. Uh, listening today for coming back for episode 50, do uh, that kind of spiritual homework. Get Psalm 37 opened up on an app on your phone and just read a few verses throughout the day. If you did that for, say, like three weeks or a month or something, just have it open and look at it and then look at it again. Man, you'll be blessed. This isn't for my benefit. This is for yours. You will be blessed if you do this. You can grab a copy of my new book on Amazon, The Power of God's Will, a a devotional about God's promises and specifically the use of that word will in God's promises. Like when God says he will do something, do we live like he will? This devotional is all about that, the power of God's will. Um, I've been getting really awesome feedback from people. Look, here's the bottom line. What you believe God for is very often exactly what you're going to receive from him. What you believe him for is often what you're going to receive from him. This book is, it was just written to help you ramp up what you're believing for. He really does want to keep all of his promises to you and all means all. And I'm hearing from readers that this book is making a difference in their lives. I got one, um, testimony this week via a message on, uh, on social media, and you know who you are that sent it, and it just lured me. You know, she read one of my devotions and prayed a specific prayer, and then saw God answer in this way that um, it was a big deal. It blessed her, it blessed her family members. I think it probably encouraged the other people that she came in contact with that day. Um, look, that's it, stuff like that is kind of, it makes my day, you know, because. The Lord is moving, and that's really my heart's desire for Him to be glorified, but for Him to move. And sometimes the only thing in the way of Him moving more in our life is just the fact that we maybe weren't aware that we need to believe Him more. You know, we maybe didn't ever even think about this before, about praying His His promises in a new way, or about believing in a new way. Uh, when this kind of change starts to happen, it's like, um, even if your wood is soaking wet, like Elijah. I tell you what, when that fire falls from heaven, it burns it up and it's an all-consuming fire and it's a really beautiful thing. So if you could use some encouragement, if you could use a boon or a boost to your faith, if there's you want something to just read over your lunch hour, this could be a great option for you. Um, and they're hurting people all around us right now. So you could grab a copy for a friend. You could share about it on Instagram or Facebook. Hop on over to Amazon and search for The Power of God's Will by Jan Elbert and thank you in advance for that. I pray it blesses you. Thank you for being with me for episode 50 of the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast. Let's keep getting the promises of God into the people of God, which is exactly where they belong. I'm going to see you back here next time for episode 51. Thanks so much. Grateful for all of you. Bye-bye.